Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back to another episode of the Believe in Miami Heat podcast. We're recording tonight. It's Tuesday night, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, the champ, Norris Cole. The champ is here! Ladies and gentlemen, we in the building. Sean, what's good, baby? Heat Nation, we here. Everything is good. I'm curious to hear what's going on in your season. How's everything over there? Uh, we just got to win. For our first game back from Thanksgiving break on Sunday, we got to win. Uh, I played well. Was the, was the um, game MVP, you know, 20 points, had a good game, got the win. So that's what's important. Yeah, I love to hear that. I'm uh, I just had our last scrimmage. Just got home a little while ago, so I'm gonna try to watch some tape. We got our first game on Thursday, so you know, early season. It's uh, some good things, some bad things, some things to sharpen up. But uh, all in all, pretty good, and I'm excited to get my season started. Also, so everybody's uh, loaded with basketball, and obviously the Heat. Now we're we're in that like 25th game range, about a third of the way through the season, a quarter of the way through the season, and Things are not going so well, to put it politely. Um, you know, we talked about early in the season, things were going great. We came out the gates just blasting people, beating teams that maybe we didn't think we could. We knocked around the bucks on our home opener. And now we're on the flip side of it. We're taking some of those beatings. And, and we talked a little bit ahead of the show about, you know, this is part of the season. So, Norris, before we get into too many specific things, just what are you thinking about, you know, the length of a season and, and the stuff we're going through right now as someone that has experienced that as part of the NBA. Yeah, right now this is called the the grind of the season. It's going to test your mental fortitude. Physically it's going to test you. Um, strategically it's going to test you. It's just part of the season. This is what a season means. You have peaks and valleys. Um, and as long as you keep the right mindset, um, when you go through a tough time, you know that it's temporary. And when you go through good times, you don't over-celebrate. And so right now, you know, we're going through, you know, some injuries. Um, you know, we're losing. We've lost a few games. Um, but it's part of the season. And so I think these wounds that we have earlier, early this season, and these battles and struggles that we're going through right now are going to be what fashions us and have us ready, you know, for our, for a postseason run. Yeah, and before we get into all that, I want to talk about Bet Online, one of our sponsors. Bet Online's back and better than ever, a new web interface for the rest of the NBA season. NFL season is getting in. You got bowl games coming up for the college football. You got college basketball. There's all kinds of stuff going on. Uh, Bet Online remains your number one spot for all of those sports this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website. Sign up today. Receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BLEAV50. That's B L E A V 50 to receive your 50% bonus from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, UFC, Vegas casino games, anything you want to put some money down on. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. Um, so, you know, we talked about since we last recorded the Heater one and three. Um, I believe the day that we recorded, they lost a game to the Cleveland Cavaliers. That uh, they came back on Friday night, got a good win at Indiana, a tough place to play, uh, and then back to back losses recently um, at Milwaukee, and then returning home. Um, against the Memphis Grizzlies on Monday night. So 
I don't necessarily want to necess- go game by game because I think, you know, we can kind of pack this stuff together. But some things that I've seen, and, and Norris, feel free to add anything that you've seen or, or you know, kind of observed in, ter- in terms of our struggles. But, you know, the, the first thing that you have to get ahead on is obviously not having Bam and Jimmy is, is a huge, huge, huge loss to this team. What, you know, when you have some sort of setback, that adversity like that, as a team, how do you how do you rally behind that? Because I, Eric Spolster said a couple of times, the season doesn't stop. Like, nobody feels bad for us. Everybody's dealing with injuries around the league. The season doesn't stop. The games keep coming. How do you kind of get up off the floor and move forward knowing that these guys, whether it's Jimmy, maybe a couple of games, but Bam is going to be probably four to six, eight weeks. Yeah, Coach is right. The season doesn't stop, so we can't stop. It gives guys who maybe wouldn't have the opportunity to be able to show show their worth and show a little bit more. Um, it gives Spo a chance to try different lineups. Um, so if you if you have the right mindset behind it, it can end up being a positive, even though you we're losing some games. But it could end up being a positive if you keep you know the right mindset. I like to look at the glass half full, not half empty. And so if you look at the glass half full. You know, some guys are being able to step up and play, you know, more minutes, you know, get comfortable out there on the court. And so that, you know, when our when our real team and when our real pieces come together, you know, some of those role players will be able to step right in with confidence and with rhythm and, and contribute. And so uh, we're just going through the ups and downs, but we can't feel sorry for ourselves because nobody's going to feel sorry for us. And so that competitive nature, you know, has to come out and, and show. And we talked about last week that that point of these guys that are getting to step in. You know, Dwayne Dedman has been starting. That's elevating his role. There's been more mm-hmm. minutes to go around for guys like Gabe and Caleb, Max Struess. Uh, obviously, Tyler has been in the starting lineup without Jimmy quite a bit. All of these guys are having to elevate their games. And you talked about how in the long run that's going to pay off because whether it's playoff time or whether it's down the stretch, the experience that they're getting now is going to pay off when they're needed later in the season, whether it's, you know, whatever moment they have that experience, they're not going to be as nervous. They're more comfortable. Um, I, I want to ask you, and, and this kind of puts you in coach Bolster's shoes. You always play to win. There's no doubt in my mind every night, they're not going in there thinking, Oh man, like we got to play the bucks on the road. Like we have no chance. Like that's not the mentality that these guys have. You I mean, it's that old, you know, the Herm Edwards, you play to win the game. Like they're going to win. Right. They're going to try to win, but as a coach, how much experimentation, and I don't know if that's the right word, but like how much are you playing with things in your lineups and your rotations during these games, trying to find something that fits? Because you can see sometimes some of these new rotations, new lineups are not working as well. They've thrown Omer out there a little bit. They've thrown KZ in there at the five. How much, uh, how much playing around with things do you see as a coach? Um, it, it depends on who you're playing. Um, if you know you're playing against a team that you may have to face down the line, you may try certain lineups. Um, if you're playing a team like maybe a Western Conference team who you probably know you're only going to play them that one time or you're only going to play them twice, then you can just, you know, really experiment because it's like, oh, I'm just going to try this. You know, we're not going to have to see them anyway, so I'm going to try this just to see how it works out. If it works out, that's good. If it don't work out, we'll try something else. But, you know, against you know against a team that you may have to see, down the line or possibly, 
you know, those those substitution patterns may be a little different because now you're playing chess, you know, you're playing chess and you you may want to see how a guy reacts versus a certain player on another team, a certain matchup, or you may hold back on something that you may want to try and you like, I'm not going to try that right now because we're going to have to see them down the line. So it all depends on who you're playing and, you know, in the matchups. Yeah. And another question on that I was going to ask is, you know, obviously like they played Monday night today was an off day when they play again tomorrow, then they have two days off. They play on Saturday when you're in this situation and, and you're trying to solve a lot of problems and make a roster fit, What's going on in, in, in a day like today? And I don't know whether they practiced or not today, but like as a coaching staff, as a team, when you're coming in, is it is it more skill-based shoot around or are you really getting into sort of a, a grind X and O, like working on the court five on five and, and those types of situations when you're trying to, you know, overcome this adversity right now? What's that look like in practice? Um, I, I believe you're doing a little bit of both. Obviously, you're not killing them too much on the five on five because you need their legs for the game. But, you know, you can do like 75 percent, like half speed so that guys can get used to moving, you know, and playing together, being doing things in motion in practice. And, um, you know, five on oh, but, you know, with high intensity uh, and, and film, you know, the film is, is the biggest key being able to see see yourself out there on the court, see what you're trying to do versus what you're trying to avoid. Um and that's and that's that's what they're that's what they're doing for sure. And then guys that put in the extra work, you utilize that time to incorporate strategy. So if a guy wants to get up extra shots, the guy, the coach who's working with them are going to put them through drills that are similar to the offense that we're running so that they're comfortable out there on the court, being in those positions, taking those type of shots. And so there's different ways to try to, you know, get the good work in without necessarily wearing the guys out with five on five in practice. Yeah, I appreciate that. I think that's sometimes lost in the, you know, in this whole season aspect that practice and film work. And and there's so much behind the decisions that happen during the 48 minutes during a game, you know, coach Bolster and his staff aren't just like, throwing things against the wall and hoping something sticks. There's practices and film sessions and off-season workouts, summer workouts. They know what these guys can do, um, and they know what they can't do also on the flip side. So I appreciate you giving us kind of a look into what it's like in the practice setting, in the film room setting uh, for these guys. So moving past those two injuries, obviously it's something that we just have to deal with, but Coach Bolster always says we have enough. We have a group of guys that need to step up, and we have to find a way to fix that. Uh, you know, with our struggles over the last week. One of the things I've noticed that has dropped significantly, and this is really before the injuries happened with Bam and Jimmy, but our rebounding has really fell, fallen off. Um, some people point to the different defenses. Like we've been playing a lot more zone lately because of those injuries um, and mm-hmm. also probably due to matchups. And obviously, you know, playing a zone, it's more difficult to rebound because you're not assigned to a person. You got to go find somebody. Um, switching puts you at sometimes a size disadvantage where you have a small trying to box out a big. And obviously that has its own problems. Um, what do you think about, you know, the rebounding problems and, and how it relates maybe to the styles of defense we're playing? Um, that definitely has something to do with it. It's hard to rebound playing zone. And a lot of... 
a lot of teams, when you go against the zone, one of the first things the coach says is attack the offensive rebound. So, you know, playing the different zone defenses is playing a key part to maybe our rebounding, but it's not the only thing because it's not like we're playing zone for like a whole game. You understand? So, you know, during those times when we are in zone, we just have to make a conscious effort to make sure when the shot goes up, find the body, you know, and rebound the basketball. The other thing is you got to think we're, we're a bit small out there, you know, undersized, you know, Dittman is the biggest guy we got out there. And so, you know, when you're undersized like that, you have to rebound by committee. And, you know, so far, you know, it hasn't been working out for us, but I think, the more chances we get at doing it, which hopefully we don't have to do this for too long, but the more games we play like this, I think the team will be able to adjust, you know, to being rebounding as a group. Cause that's the only way you we're going to be able to rebound right now. Having Bam out, having Jimmy in and out the lineup, you know, you gotta, re- gotta rebound by committee. Yeah. And speaking of rebounding, you know, I think it was a Pat Riley quote ages ago, no rebounds, no rings. And I want to talk about one of our sponsors, which is Lightbox. Lightbox says goodbye to the dog gifts. Lightbox lab grown diamonds are the brightest gift of the year using cutting cutting edge technology and innovative techniques. They've cracked the science of sparkle, creating the highest quality lab grown diamonds you can find at a light price, $800 per carat. They have the same chemical makeup of natural diamonds, but are just grown in a lab because of the process. They can create stones in blush pink and beautiful blue, as well as classic white. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the gift they'll never want to take off priced so they won't have to. They really do make an outfit sparkle. Visit lightboxjewelry.com to add sparkle to your holiday shopping. That's lightboxjewelry.com. Lightbox diamonds, never a dull moment. Um, so we talked about rebounding. That's one thing that has been you know noticeable over the last few games. One thing we hit on last week, we talked about the struggles of Duncan Robinson and Kyle Lowry. Our starting backcourt has not really performed maybe – to some people's expectations. I want to start with Duncan first. Over the last three games, um, 15 points a game, which I don't necessarily know if you point too much at his points per game, but his shooting numbers, uh, 15 to 29 from the field, 6 to 10 inside the arc, which is significantly higher. I know it's only 10 shots, but it's more two-point field goals than Duncan had been attempting previously, and he's shooting them pretty effective. Uh, 9 and 19 from behind the arc, that's 47%. And he had one game where he got to the line seven times against Indiana, which is more than he had shot the entire season up until that point. So Duncan's shooting, obviously it's three games. We'll pump the brakes a little bit. It doesn't mean he's out of his slump. It could come back, but he's starting to show signs of life. You talked last week in trusting the fact that he is a great shooter, that it will fix itself. He'll cure those problems. It's a little bit mental. What do you, what do you think in terms of Duncan do we just keep riding him? Is he back? Like, how do you react to just kind of a small sample size of the Duncan being back versus that slump he was in? Well, this is this is what we expect. This is why he got the big contract. This is, you know, this is why he's in the starting lineup. This is what we expect, and this is what we're going to need. And so I believe in the law of averages. And, you know, those who play in the NBA, we all understand this. When a great shooter is in a slump, just know, the law of averages say he's going to have a hot streak to even those averages out. And so I believe in Duncan. We all know he's a great shooter. And so it was only right for him to, you know, (laughs) come around and have those shooting percentages level back out. And I think he's going to be more consistent. 
not to say that he won't go through, you know, other slumps in this year, but I believe this is going to be closer to the norm. He's going to be a lot more consistent shooting in the 40, 40 percentile from three, um, taking those two pointers, you know, when he gets a chance, because believe it or not, those help your rhythm from threes. When you see the ball going in the basket, you know, you get an easy layup or a pump fake one dribble, you know, uncontested two point shot, you know, that helps your rhythm from three. And so, yeah, yeah, I believe in Duncan. I, you know, I, I was never concerned, and I believe as the as the season goes on, he's going to continue to shoot the ball well. Let me ask you one more question about Duncan, and, and this was posed on Twitter earlier today. Do you think it's more important for him to shoot a higher percentage from behind the arc on low volume, or is the volume of shots also important for our offense? Like, meaning, you know, if you have the options, let's say forty percent on five three point attempts a game. Uh, and then it drops down like 38% on, let's say eight or 35 on 10. Like as the volume goes up, maybe the percentages go down. Obviously the, the, the correct answer is both. We want high percentage, high volume, but if you had to choose one or the other, do you think it's more about him getting shots and finding shots or is it keep the volume low, but make sure they're high quality shots shooting a high percentage? Right now we need the volume to be up because shots on goal create rebounding opportunities for us and creates offense for us and creates triggers. Um, now when we get all of our pieces back, you know, we'll need more for percentage, you know, five or six shots, you know, in high percentage when we get all of our pieces. Even that's kind of low. I'm going to say about seven. If he can get up seven threes a game at a high percentage, you know, with all our pieces on the squad, I believe that'd be great. But right now we need the volume. You know, when we have guys in and out the lineup and we have guys that's hurt, we need that volume because it creates offense. And it, like I said, it creates triggers. You know, two people won't have to account for him contesting him. And so if he miss, you know, we have an advantage, you know, going to rebound basketball. So his offense right now, we need him in volume. Yeah, I think you make a great point. The situation right now in, in another player, Tyler Hero, he is our primary scorer at this point. You know, him and exactly. Kyle Lowry are the two guys that can put the ball in the basket better than anybody. So you see this in the last game on Monday, as soon as Tyler came in, and, and there's a lot of people that think maybe Tyler should be starting, and, and we won't necessarily get into that, but like the moment he checked in, it was scoring mode. He was looking at the basket, he was taking shots, and we went on a little bit of a run. I think that mentality has to be there without our two guys, because if those three don't score points, we're going to have a hard time putting together enough points to win. I mean, it puts so much pressure on your defense to almost be perfect. If you can't get to a certain total, you agree with that? I agree with that. 100%. I couldn't say it even better. That's, that's exactly right. And until we get everybody, Tyler's going to continue to be, you know, very, very, very aggressive. Now, one more, uh, one more person to talk about is uh, Kyle Lowry in the backcourt. And he's been, you know, just a little up and down during the season. He's had great moments. He's also had times where it's a little frustrating. He's not making shots at the, the level that some people expected. Sometimes he's not looking for a shot like some people expect. Without those two guys, we just hit on it. You know, people need to look for their shot. And he's one of those people. But he has to balance also that his his job as a point guard is to trigger the offense, to initiate offense and create for other people. How do you think the, the role of Kyle Lowry changes while Jimmy and Bam are out? And even once Jimmy comes back, you know, still trying to make up for Bam's absence, even though they obviously play two different positions. 
Well, you know, Kyle's a vet. You know, he's a super vet. And he's never been a high-volume type of scorer anyway. That's that's really never been him anyway. Um, he's a, he's like a situational player. You know, he he knows when to turn it up, and he also knows when to just, you know, play through the offense. But we need all hands on deck right now. With guys, you know, like like you said, Jimmy being in and out of the lineup, with Bam being hurt, with the with twin, you know, Morris being out, um, you know, Duncan Robinson's a little bit up and down. We need all hands on deck. And so we need him to be a bit more, you know, aggressive. We need him to be, you know, more of a score, you know, because that's not gonna take away from his assists. His assists are gonna be there. But we 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 need we need that that volume. <laughs> We need as much volume from Tyler Hero, from um, Kyle Lowry, from Duncan Robinson as we can right now until we get everybody back. We we just need that. That's the lifeblood of our offense right now. They are the ones that can create shots. They are the ones that can create two people on the ball, which then puts the defense in rotation. So we have to depend on that right now. What would you say, you know, you've talked a little bit about the the veteran leadership of a Kyle Lowry or a PJ Tucker, guys that have been through these grinds before that you mentioned at the beginning, mm-hmm. the season's a long time. How do how do teams because it starts with the coach, but also the guys in the locker room? UD's a great example, also, obviously. How do they lead? Because you have a group of guys that have been there, but you also have a group of guys that this is their first journey through an NBA season. So you know, losing three games in, you know, four days or something like that in a college setting is like, it's the end of your seat. I mean, you might not be able to make the conference tournament if you do that. Like, how do you, how do you help these young kids for the lack of a better term, adjust and overcome the adversity? Because we're going to need them to be part of this team to be successful over the next couple of weeks. Man, they just have to watch and the veterans just set the examples, you know, it's not really much to talk about. I mean, you can encourage them, obviously encourage them, you communicate in the locker room and practices, but just watch the daily habits, just watch the daily day grind, watch the, because the habits don't change. It's not like if we win, oh, I'm going to do this. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do this one day. And then, but if we lose, oh, I'm going to do this another day. No, no, no. The good teams, the good franchises, the consistent players, they do the same thing every day. If I'm going to shoot my 500 shots, I'm going to do it whether we win or lose. If I'm a guy that gets in the cold tub and hot tub and take care of his body, I'm going to do that whether we win or lose. If, I, you know, everybody needs to watch film. I'm sure everyone watches film. And so you don't just watch film when you play a good game and you don't just watch film when you play a bad game. You continuously watch film. And so, you know, the, the veterans understand that and the young players just have to watch and observe and, and, and follow their lead. I want to ask one more thing and then we'll get out of here. Um, There's a player that's down at Sioux Falls um, and and I believe he's worked out a little bit. I know you, you do some things with Remy in the summertime and and Brandon Knight is down there. He's a, an older guy for being in that, in that setting. Um, He's trying to, you know, get back into the league. Do you think that's a a possible fit? You know, it's financially, I, I don't understand everything. I'm not, you know, Andy Ellisberg or anything, but, Next month is when we could we could recall someone like him in, in the luxury tax ramifications. What do you, you know, I know that he may be a guy that you've worked out with this summer. Do you think that's somebody that you 
you maybe take a gamble on and see how he fits if, if he could, you know, kind of come into the rotation? I definitely believe it's something to, to consider for sure. I mean, because, you know, the only question mark with him has been his health. It's never been his game. He has game. You understand? Brendan Knight has game. So um, if he's healthy, you know, I believe, you know, he is someone that you could, you know, consider bringing up because the, the stage is not going to be too big for him. The game is not going to be too fast or too much for him. You know, he's able to handle the bright lights. Um, he's had success at this level. Um, and for what he's going to be asked to do, he's not going to be asked to be high volume. And so I believe with the minutes he's going to play, he can contribute definitely. I believe I, I definitely believe that that would be something to consider, you know, once we get there. Like, I don't understand. I don't know the, the money part, financial part, like you said. Um, but I believe definitely his veteran um, leadership, um, his his ability to, to play both guard positions because he can shoot. He can shoot off the dribble and he can spot up, shoot, catch and shoot. Um, he's a, he, he knows about the NBA grind. He's been in the system now in Sioux Falls. So I, I believe it would, it would definitely make sense. To, to give him a look. Yeah. And statistically he's been doing good down there and, and obviously it's a different level. So you can read into that a little bit, but there's still guys down there trying to make the league. So it's good competition. Uh, Micah Potter is another guy that's been down there playing pretty well. And I know you were out in Vegas this summer and saw him a little bit. So he's a guy mm -hmm. that could potentially, you know, he's on an exhibit 10 contract. So he's kind of in the same they're not on the same type of contract, but it's same timeline. Somewhere in January is really where it makes more financial sense. Um, and, you know, we say that, though, not to be negative towards, like, the Caleb Martin, Gabe Vincent, Max Cruz. Those guys have stepped up. Omer, Deadman. But at the same time, you got to start looking for solutions. And if, if these guys can help us and they're in the pipeline, I think it's something that you may have to consider, especially if we keep getting bit by this injury bug and you, you got to have solutions on the roster. So uh, I appreciate your insight on that. Norris, before we close out, if you have anything to plug and then uh, we'll see you guys next week. I just want to say thank you guys for your support. I'll be getting your messages um, being overseas, sending in love from Heat Nation, uh, wishing me good luck for my games and things of that nature. So I want to say thank you for that. And I've been getting your request on Cameo. Um, I appreciate that, Heat Nation. And I, I know that you guys are listening to the podcast because you guys always let me know, you know, man, your podcast. We just want to say, you know, keep up the good work. So I want you to know I am getting your remarks out here in Spain, and I appreciate that. But Heat Nation. Hey, Norris, hold on one second, buddy. Hold on one second. I forgot something. I got to ask. I saw you with your jersey on the Instagram. Absolutely. Got, I need We talked about this episodes ago. Now, I need I need now the reaction to having that Cole 30 on there in those new Heat jerseys. What's up? Man, listen. Those are fire, bro. Those uniforms. Hey, listen. I, I wish I could have played in them. Those are, those are fire. And I can't wait to this summer, I'm going to bring them out. Matter of fact, I might wear it when I come back down to Miami. I haven't decided when I'm going to wear it yet, but this summer, I'm definitely bringing that out. I love it. I love that jersey. I, I almost forgot about that, and I was like, I have to ask him about that because I saw that on your Instagram. I will not be wearing one tomorrow because it's going to snow in Philadelphia tomorrow a little bit, so not jersey weather. It's more of a hoodie and jacket weather, but yeah. I shout apologize. Out, shout out to my plug down there. Yeah, shout out to my to my plug down there. Make sure I stay up. I get all my heat jerseys. 
I appreciate that. It's a heat family down there. My heat family, I love y'all. I appreciate you guys. All right. So I apologize for interrupting you now, Norris. Please close us out. Heat Nation, another episode. Make sure y'all send the likes. Make sure y'all subscribe. Make sure y'all retweet. Make sure y'all share the love of our Believe in Miami Heat podcast. And until next time, me and Big Sean, we out! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.